Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe because it's always free and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! yeah. My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 288 for Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. How's it going, onesies? How are you doing? Are you guys living your best lives? Welcome. Uh, if it's your first time, well, welcome back, I should say. Welcome. Who cares? You know what? You're welcome regardless. Welcome. You know, when someone uh, comes to your house, and if you've been there before, do you have to go, hey, welcome back, or do you go, hey, Welcome guys. Welcome. 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 Um, if it's your first time joining into one man podcast, I don't usually say welcome that often. Um, but I think I got stuck in a little thought loop there. My name is Josh Williams. I am a comedian, uh, human being earthling. Uh, and this is my podcast every single week. I tell you what's going on with me personally, professionally, uh, thoughts, things I've done, uh, everything in between whatever I want to talk about. This is my public journal. Um, and this week I will be telling you guys about a movie I saw, even though I saw it in the last week's episode time span, I completely forgot about it. I'm like, Holy fuck. We went to the movies and I totally forgot. Um, I will also be telling you guys about a marketing thing that I did last weekend. I watched a, a season of a reality TV show. What? Oh my God. What a basic bitch am I? Um, what else? I went shopping with my little girl, Michaela. Um, I also have some holiday gift suggestions for you guys because I went out and I bought one. Um, but then I found some other, actually I bought a, a couple things that I had, I'd found, I'll tell you guys a little bit about that. I went for uh, breakfast and a Costco run with a friend of mine, a uh, listener of the podcast, a onesie. And then, uh, and then I saw this book that I thought was absolutely outrageously titled, but I'll tell you guys all about that, uh, this week. So let's, let's jump back to the, the first part that should have been last week's episode. Um, I went to go see that new horror movie smile. It's called smile. Um, and just, just watching the trailer and everything like that, it had serious, uh, it follows vibes, but, uh, there's also a, a movie that came out, uh, not too, too long ago, maybe a few years called truth or dare. Also a horror movie about a, you know, truth or dare game. And then out of nowhere, some demon would possess some random person there. You'd be like truth or dare. And it would have this like big creepy smile. And that was great. The smile on the face was very, very creepy. Um, and the trailers from the movie kind of played along the same way. It could be anyone. It could be someone, you know, just someone would come up and they'd smile, be smiling at you and it's time for you to die or whatever the fuck it is, or very loose, uh, set of, of circumstances. Anyways, um, it follows was also a good movie. Um, truth or dare wasn't amazing, but it was good. It was basically like the, the smile was very creepy. It was very, um, like insane Pennywise kind of smile, but it was the kind of smile that like, you know, needs to be done with CGI. 
Okay. The smile on the face is like really fucking yanked back and everything like that. Very menacing. It's almost like just a horrific grimace. I'm talking about truth or dare. Everyone's face was like, like this is just, it was obvious that this particular demon is now possessed this person temporarily, even though that person is unaware that they've been possessed. It's kind of like the, the way that it, it, it's visualized to the, the cursed person or whatever. Anyways. Um, it follows was a movie about some demonic thing that possesses, you know, that just comes after you. It just follows. It walks towards you at all times until it catches you and kills you. And then, you know, moves back to the person uh, on the list that, that, you know, gave it to the person before, whatever. It's basically you fuck somebody and you transfer the demon to them. Um, uh, a local comic here, Karen McDonald, um, she had a bit about like it was an STD, a sexually transmitted demon. Um, but, uh, but the whole idea with this movie smile is that like, oh, someone, um, they, they, um, oh man, they, they passed, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this thing like transfers to people through trauma. So like, um, it needs a witness to carry on this. It sounds so stupid because they, they tried to give it some sort of, some sort of story, Right. Like, and it follows, you know, you got to bang someone that makes someone else. Right. Because like, like, let's say I bang, uh, my neighbor, the old man who lives next door, this thing's coming after me. I bang him. All right. Now this thing's coming after him and it's just always walking towards you. That's, that's the, it follows vibe. Always walking towards you. Right. And that's it. It just walks. Doesn't run. Doesn't, doesn't nothing like that. It's just in the creepiness is that it's just always walking for no emotion, no anything. It just walks towards you when it catches you, it kills you. And so like, if it's like at your front door, you can run to the back door, jump in your car and drive away. And it's just going to be keep walking after you, right? No Terminator two chase you down scene just keeps walking after you. Um, I don't think it follows came out while I was doing this podcast, so I didn't really give a big review. So someone's like two, two years ago, you talked about this movie. Well, I probably didn't even talk about it this much, but anyways, so again, going back to it follows, um, you know, you, you drive down your driveway and you, you fuck off and you drive to Toronto. You're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta probably at least a couple days to not worry. Cause this thing's walking towards me. Who knows what route it's taking? Does the, it follows thing use a Google maps? Hey, does it go, Hey, I'm going to take highway seven or I'm going to walk the 401. Who knows? Right. If you're in a car and you have different speeds options, this thing's got one speed walk. All right. So you can jump on a plane. That'd be a really interesting thing, by the way, is jump on a plane, fly to another continent and then be like, I should be safe for a while. The only thing is that this thing is not seen by anyone else, but the person it's coming after, or I can't remember quite how it worked, but I think it's anyone in the chain can effectively see it, but I could be wrong. I, I don't remember specifically. Um, but the whole idea is like, if you flew overseas, like, so, so it's not like, oh, this thing's going to walk into the ocean and a shark's going to kill it. You know, I also, it seemed like they shot it at one point in the movie and it seemed to bleed or be affected by the gunshot. So part of me wonders if this thing had to walk across the ocean, first off, would it swim? That'd be interesting if it could swim. Um, there was a scene at the end of the movie where it's in a fucking pool, um, you know, and it didn't seem to be swimming, but who knows? Anyways, maybe it would swim the length of the ocean. Um, but if it didn't, if it walked on the bottom and sank, I wonder if the pressure from those depths would kill it. You know, see, that's the thing about 
that's the thing about horror movies or, or a lot of movies is if you really try to, to flush out the details, right. You kind of, you kind of go, okay, listen, this thing, this thing falls apart in a lot of different ways, but there was enough plot to give it fucking legs and be like, all right, I get it. I get it. You know, it's, it's following them around. If it catches you, it kills you. Um, my point about the neighbor is all right. I fuck my neighbor. It catches him and it kills him. Well, now it's coming back to me. I'm the one who gave it to him. Kills me, does it to the, my uncle when he fucked me when I was a kid camping. No, I'm <laughs> so I'm like, uh, the, the point is, is just like, that's the plot of it follows. And it was, it was a good movie. It was creepy. The thing takes different forms. It could be the form of someone, you know, so there's several scenes where like the friends have like drove, you know, they drove way off into the distance and they're hanging out at like some lake house or whatever to buy themselves some time. And like, you know, you see, they're all on the beach and one of them's walking towards the group. And then the camera angle switches and you see that exact same friend is like out in a tube in the water having fun. And you're like, oh, fuck it. The thing walking towards them is, oh my God, it's here. Um, and none of the friends see until her hair starts floating up in the air as this thing like grabs her by the hair and tries to fucking, you know, hurt her anyways, kill her, I should say. But, um, that's the thing. It can look like anyone, um, whether you know them or not. And, uh, at the same time, nobody else around can see it. So... That's, uh, there's even a scene where guys sit on things like, like there's a girl walking across like a, a soccer field, right? And, uh, they're all sitting there talking and this is when they're being told how, you know, how it worked or whatever. And then just, and the guy's like, uh, can, can you guys see that girl? Can you guys see that girl? And they all turn around like, yeah. And then she just kind of like walks past them. You know what I mean? But it's like the idea is just always walking towards you. Creepy concept, decent movie. Don't look too deeply. It'll fall apart. However, sometimes there's horror movies that like try to give you a, a concept, Right and fall through entirely. Like they don't even give you anything stable to work with. So for example, the truth or dare movie I was telling you about these kids, they go off with some fucking loser kid on vacation in Mexico. They play truth or dare in this like haunted area or old mausoleum or some shit. I don't remember, but because they played now they're stuck playing, um, truth or dare. And, and if you refuse to play, you die. Um, so, you know, whatever it is, um, and then it's kind of the same idea. You got to get somebody else involved, um, you know, or, or whatever. And it's like, it's almost like the ring at the end where they find a way to, to infect other people, um, and make the game so big that, you know, it'll take forever before it comes back around. Anyways, this movie smile that we went to see seemed to be like an incorporation. Like the, the, the whole thing was like, oh, you're going to see this thing and it's just smiling at you. That's how, you know, it's the demon or whatever. And then the trailers, they use the scene right from the very beginning of the movie where, you know, this troubled girl goes to see her, a psychologist in a hospital or whatever. And she's like, it's coming after me. And the woman, like, you know, she starts screaming. The woman runs, grabs the phone to call someone. She turns around. The girl's just standing there smiling at her, um, you know, and then kills herself. And she's like, oh my God. And then slowly the main character of the movie, the psychologist is seeing you know, this thing smiling at her and, you know, it's like, oh, it's coming for me. I know it's coming for me because it's come for everyone else. And, and it turns out that this thing thrives off of trauma. So, um, it, it always needs a witness. So basically it catches its person that it's chasing, um, and then waits for someone to be nearby and then kills the host. So that like the traumatic event of the person seeing, 
you know, someone kill themselves, it now latches onto that person, the same thing. And it's like they go back and find all these these examples of it, except for one guy who like didn't didn't do it or whatever. Um I I can't remember what the fuck it how he got away with it. The idea was instead of killing himself, he killed someone else, but I can't remember. There wasn't a whole lot of of logic or intelligence behind it. And um the only thing was in the movie, like she'll be like, you know, talking to someone she knows and then all of a sudden, you know, the, her phone would ring and that person that she's talking to is on the phone. Hey, I'm sorry. I was late. I didn't make it over yet. I'm on my way. And it's like, oh, and then she turns around and then, and then the thing looks and starts smiling at her only. It was just the actor smiling, um, in the trailer, the first person who's smiling has that very creepy, uh, uh, CGI face yank back, very menacing grimace. And then the rest of it's just like actors smiling. So it's not as creepy. That's like, they're trying to give a creepy smile, but there was so many times where you actually see almost every jump scare in the trailer, which I hate when that happens. The, the, you know, here's the, the scary part of the movie, but it's just, there's no use to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, okay, well then I know everything that's happening. Um, and there were so many times in this, like, again, and it follows when it caught you, it killed you, but there are, there's a million scenes, a million, there's like four, four or whatever, but there's a bunch of scenes in this movie where the thing straight up catches her, grabs her, throws her up against the wall and then gets like right in her face, the smile and she's screaming and then it just cuts. And then she's like driving, pulling up to a hospital or something like that. So it's like, so what it, it just let you go. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck happened? Like, the whole idea is it's almost like the ring where it's like, oh, I'm going to kill you in seven days. No one's ever lasted more than seven days. So it's almost like it's breaking them down and scaring her or whatever. But it's like, there's no stakes every time she sees it because it just never kills her. And it's like, oh, I'm going to kill you at the end. Then you get to a point in the movie, like it kills a cat at one point. And you're like, well, how did it kill the cat? The cat didn't have the trauma, anything like that. So this thing can just kill whoever it wants, whenever it wants but then has to, it needs a host to transfer. So like, like, again, there's so many things where they don't even try to stick to their own thing. Um, they say, oh, it's trauma. It passes through trauma. So that's why it has to kill the host in front of someone. Cause it's like traumatic for them. And then it jumps into them, but they make, there's a scene where her, yeah, her cat's dead. She can't find her cat. And then it's like her nephew's birthday. And you know, she opens, I even, I it, like this movie was almost honestly so predictable in so many different places. That, you know, the kid's getting ready to open the box and I go, oh my God, it's going to be the cat. It's going to be the cat. I look at Crystal. She's like, what? And we're in the movie theater. I'm being quiet. I'm like, it's going to be the fucking cat. And oh, sure enough, opens the box. Everyone's face drops. The kid like pulls this thing out of the box slowly and yep, yeah, it's the cat dangling the cat. And it's like, oh my God. Like, and then the, 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 the sister and the, you know, brother-in-law are like, you can't come here anymore. You've traumatized, you know, he's traumatized. And it even shows like. Like this is, and this is a scene from later in the movie, like maybe 10, 15 minutes later where she's gone back to the sister's house. I'm struggling. Da, 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 da. It's like, yeah, you can't come in and see him. He's traumatized. The kid's so traumatized from what happened, you know? And, and then even as like, you know, later on when she's like leaving the house, um, it shows the kid peering out the window, like looking at his, and I go later in the movie, it's like, oh, it jumps through trauma. And I'm like, oh my God, she's going to think she killed it, but it's going to be latched to the little boy, right? Because she quote unquote traumatized him. They're literally using the word trauma. Not like you horrified him or you freaked him out or anything. Nope. Traumatized. him. I'm like, okay, that's going to play a part because this thing jumps through trauma. And if she caused the trauma to the kid, never comes back to that the kid watching her leave, none of that ever had anything to do with the movie ever again. So just in case you're watching the movie and you think you figured it out, nope, they don't stick to that at all. 
um, which would have made perfect sense. Uh, and then like two seconds later, the, the sister comes out of the house, walks towards the car. And if you've seen the trailer, you know what happens. So that wasn't, uh, the slightest bit of a jump scare for me because it's right in the fucking trailer. Um, and again, that scene where something happens to her right outside her car and you think, oh my God, it's like, no, it's just over. That's just next scene. Like, it's just like this thing scared her. And then what? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like the, the joke that they make fun of in Austin powers where it's like when all the evil people laugh maniacally and then it cuts, it's almost like, well, how did that big group of them all laughing together kind of fizzle out? You know what I mean? Like anyways, uh, 15 minutes into this podcast, I've talked about one thing. I don't usually do this long of a movie review, but uh, smile was t- total caca. I won't spoil the ending, but just a heads up. There isn't much of one and it doesn't make any sense. Um, like even the whole, like, you know, like she starts talking, like this thing talks to her, right? It's not like it follows where it doesn't talk. It doesn't think like, I, I think I did a thing on, on scary movies and killers a long, long time ago. Um, I would love your opinions, guys. Uh, I don't really get any emails from you, but I would still, I'm still going to ask you every episode for things that I would love to hear from you guys. If you're like crystal nine, you enjoy a good horror movie. Um, oh, sorry. Also, I will mention, I got a haircut last week. My barber had recommended this movie barbarian and that same day he was recommending I'm thinking barbarian. How the fuck could that be any good? Um, you know, I'm like, is it a movie about literally like Conan? It's a movie about like old school barbarians and this and that. And, uh, and he's like, no, it's a movie about like a chick who goes to an Airbnb. Anyways, it has Bill Skarsgård who played Pennywise, um, in the new, uh, make of the it movie in the new make of, I was going to say in the new remake, but it's like, no, it's not really, yeah, it is a remake, whatever. Um, but they, well, there's like, this is the first it movie, right? Cause the other one was a mini series. Um, and it has, uh, Justin Long and then some other people who I don't really know if they've been anything. But, uh, Barbarian, it is on Disney plus, if I'm not mistaken, I thought it was Amazon, but it's on Disney plus, uh, my barber recommended it to me. And that exact same day, um, Crystal was home sick and it turns out she watched it. So I'm like, uh, she's like, oh my God, I watched this great movie today. It's like, it's like got, uh, Bill, Justin Long and da, da, da. And I'm, it's like bar, I'm like Barbarian. She's like, yeah, I'm like, my, my barber told me about this morning. Like that, like that this morning, I guess. Yeah. Fuck. I was, I was weird. I thought we'd watch it together. Uh, or, or I think I brought it up and I was like, yeah, he's like barbarian or something. She's like, I watched it today. I was like, oh fuck. Anyways. Um, Crystal said it was great. I haven't watched it. Um, I plan on it, but, um, having said that, sorry, that was just a quick little throwaway of, of people recommending horrors. So my, my barber is also a, a horror movie guy. Um, I have mentioned before that when it comes to killers, Um, I find the ones that don't talk, uh, scarier than the ones that do, because to me, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this to me, you got your, you got your no talk guys, like your Michael Myers, your Jason Voorhees, your, your, it follows whatever. Then you got your talking, right? Even the American werewolf in London, except that's just an animal, right? You're like, it's a, it's a werewolf guy, but it's like, it's not talking. Then you got your talkers, your Chuckies, your Freddy Krueger's. Uh, your Hellraiser, things like that. I find something that doesn't talk scarier because you don't get its motive. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't understand what its motive is. Even, even like in truth or dare every now and again, so they started like, they, they found the demon's name or whatever. And they started talking directly to it. And it was like answering them back. It was still like smiling scarily, but it was like, it responded 
You know what I mean? And I just find that less scary because you're able to figure out its motives and things like that. And just understand, like basically understanding why it's doing what it's doing makes it less scary. It doesn't say, it doesn't mean it's not scary. It just makes it less scary. Like Freddie, you know what his thing was. Like, I think in the new one, they made him a child molester, but I don't remember if he was a, I, I believe he was, but I believe like, anyways, he was a child molester. The parents burned him alive and now he's taking it out on their kids. And that's why he's killing the kids. Your fucking parents burned me. I'm, I'm going to take it out on, on you guys, whatever. So as much as like, it's scary and shit, like you understand what his motivation is. Um, same with Chucky, Chucky's cracking jokes. He's just a killer who wants to be back in a regular body. So it's not as scary. Whereas when you've got a fucking Michael Myers, just standing there looking at you, you know, and then coming up and, you know, no motivation. Why are you doing like, just, just nothing, but it's, you know, it follows demons just walking towards you. It's not saying I'm coming to get you because of all the years of my blah, blah, blah. like nothing. It's just coming for you. No rhyme or reason, no answer for why it's doing it. It's just, you know, Michael Myers, who's a psychopath. Sure. Still scarier when he's not saying anything. You know what I mean? The, 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 again, less understanding. Why, what is this to you? Why do you need to kill me? Like, I don't know. I find the, the lack of back and forth infinitely creepier than, than that. So that's why, right. Even like the ghosts and stuff like in the Annabelle movies and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, like something that doesn't talk to you. As soon as it starts to talk to you, it's like a James Bond villain. Let me tell you every reason I'm doing this. You're like, uh, all right, I understand now. I don't, I still don't want you to kill me. It's like being in war. War's fucking scary, but it's like, yeah, I get why you're shooting at me. I'm on the other team. You know, you're not just like walking around in a, in a flowery meadow and all of a sudden, like, I don't know. I don't know. Bad example. So people start shooting at you. You'd be like, well, how the fuck are they shooting at? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck did I do? What the fuck is going on? Um, anywho, um, smile, this thing starts talking, even when it's talking, it's not making any sense. It's like, why are you doing this to me? You know, you know, oh, your mind is, is, you know, you know, I, I like your mind or something. And it's like, why is like, because it's so inviting makes no sense. Makes no sense. Why are they even, you don't even have to write that in. It makes no sense. Doesn't add anything. It just sounds stupid. Um, anyways, uh, 20 minutes into the podcast smile gets probably one of my biggest thumbs down in a long time. Um, crystal, uh, you know, was starting to get headaches and things like that when we were going to the movies. So we, we took a seat f- further back. I let her pick the seats, um, to give it a try. See if we enjoy, we actually smoked a little, uh, legal cannabis before the, uh, the movie there. Uh, in the parking lot and, um, you know, high for a little bit, but I can't really say it really added anything to the movie. Like, I don't remember being high for particularly long. I was careful too, because I'm like, well, you know, in a couple hours I got to drive home. First time I've smoked, smoked, smoked pot out in a long time because I still try to be responsible. You know what I mean? Like I'm too ADD on uh, the Marianne Joanna. So, excuse me. I, um, I, I try not to do it. I try not to do it. If I know I have to drive or something, um, I do it when I'm at home, safe pants off. And like, I'm in for the night. Okay. I'll smoke some pot. And even then I'm, I'm still, you know, I'll, I'll have the occasional one. Crystal and I are trying different strains and stuff. So like, I'll, I'll smoke the occasional one that, you know, doesn't work for me. And when I say it doesn't work for me, I mean, it makes me a little anxious, makes me a little panicky, makes me trip. So that's why I'd rather be home. And a uh, pro tip, if I haven't said this before and I'm, I'm acting like, you know, I'm telling you stuff like, here's what I've learned. You know, you guys are probably all infinitely more experienced than I am, but just a nice little, if you are dabbling, cause I have had a couple of people say, Hey, I've heard you're in cannabis. I, I, let me ask you some questions. Yada, yada. Um, 
for what it's worth, my suggestion is, uh, get yourself some CBD as well. CBD oil. It's a different type of cannabinoid or whatever. Uh, it's not THC, it's CBD. And the whole idea is that your brain's receptors, um, there's only so many. So if you find that you do tripod and you're, you're having a bad trip or you're higher than you want to be, um, have yourself some CBD edibles, some oils. Um, if you can just straight up smoke CBD, I'm not really sure if that's possible. I've got, I've got, uh, marijuana strains that are like two to one, you know, THC to CBD. So they're, they're high CBD ones. Um, just ask at your local dispensary or whatever, but, but CBD is a good thing to have. If you do want to dabble in pot, like I got CBD gummies that I brought back from the reserve. And for me, it's like, before I smoke, I've got a little baggie with some CBD gummies in it. And if I find that I'm, I'm higher than I want to be, I'll, I'll eat a few of those guys to help, uh, help bring it off. It's a nice little, you know, coffee, water equivalent. Like when you're drinking, you know, I'm a little too drunk. All right. Have some of this, have some water, eat some food. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we smoked, went and watched, still gave her a headache. So it was just, uh, I think overall, not only was the movie kind of shitty, um, it sort of solidified that, you know, even, even sitting further back from the screen, even, you know, on pot or whatever, I think Crystal was just sort of saying that just makes her uncomfortable to sit still for that long. You know, and the, the bright light in her eyes gives her a headache. So there you go. All right. Um, I'm talking about watching stuff. Why don't I just keep going with the watching stuff for now? Um, I, I started watching uh, season one. Crystal and I are, are getting ready. I think today, the last episode of, or the, the final episodes of Love is Blind season three come out. So we're waiting for that. We're going to watch that tonight together. But, uh, but I was like, oh, you know what? I haven't seen season one of this. Um, Crystal and I had a nice little weekend away. Uh, that episode has not been recorded. I'm saving it. Her and I will get together. We will record the podcast and talk about it. Um, I had a good time. She had a good time and we watched season two of love is blind. So, um, it was, it was great. It was our little thing. Um, she, uh, I, I started watching love is blind season one because I've watched season two and three and I'm like, fuck it. Every season's different. Um, it is just a basic bitch reality TV show. It's super the idea. Okay. So here's the idea of the show. It's love truly blind in this experiment. They make it try to sound like, like way more scientific and, and intelligent. And, and it's not, it's a bunch of stupid people. Um, in the experiment, what they do is they get like a, I don't know, let's say 20 men, 20 women. Um, the, I think in the very first season, there was someone who was fluid, which is like bisexual, but it's not even I, bisexual is the closest that I can, I think accurately describe it. It's not exactly perfect. So basically like you love people for who they are on the inside. It doesn't really matter what their quote unquote avatar looks like. I love the person. If you're a guy or girl, doesn't matter. I love the person. Uh, there was a guy like that in the first season. And, uh, as soon as he like mentioned it to the person that he was with, they were like, ah, like, 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 oh, so you're gay. It's like, they're not even hearing it. And I get why he was, he was very hesitant to share that with people. Cause he's like, they just look at me differently. Um, but this show, the idea is you sit in these pods, they call them, you talk through a wall and you get to know the person sight unseen, they say. And, um, the whole thing is like, oh, and then, you know, they, they, they do this for like 10 days and they, you know, get down on one knee and propose to the person. And it's like, oh, I'll marry you even though I've never seen you. And then there's a reveal where they see each other for the first time, get together. And then they, then they go off on a vacation together, just spending some time to connect physically, like basically like, Hey, you want to fuck? 
Um, right. They go to paradise and it's just like all inclusive. It's like, Oh, let's hang out and make out and fuck all the time. Um, and then it's like, and then you move in together for a few weeks, right. Leading up to your wedding. Cause it's like, Oh, in 30 days from now you're going to be married. And so it's like, you all go home to the same area and you, you live in a, a place that they've made for you for a couple of weeks. Then you get back to your regular lives together for a couple of weeks. And then you go to the altar and it's like, and, and will you prove that love is truly blind or will you say no at the altar? And I would say that like, there's usually it's seemingly every season, there's about five couples. And I would say, you know, three out of the five end up saying no, usually, um, if not exactly the amount, but they, they act like. It's this experiment and people fall in love for who they really are on the inside. And it's like every single person on the show is in shape and relatively attractive. So you could agree to be on that show and go, oh my God, I'm going to fall in love with someone for who they are. And you're like, it doesn't matter because when they reveal they're going to be attractive. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's big 300 fat fucking pounds, fat fucks like me. Um, you know, opening that up, it's like, oh my God, I fell in love with a manatee. You know what I mean? Like they don't have that. It's always opens the thing and it's young and, and hourglass shaped with huge tits. And you're like, wow, what are the odds? Like now you could basically be like, oh, do I want to be on love is blind? It's like, well, I know that whatever they're going to put me up with is going to be attractive. You know what I mean? That's why I'm saying. Like, they don't really have anybody who's trans. They don't have anybody like, like, so this concept of the show, again, I go back to concepts. Um, of the show or for Rich's sake, I'll say narrative because he gives me shit for that. And I'll talk about that later on guys. But, um, the narrative is that, oh, you're falling in love with someone for who they are. And who knows it looks don't matter. Physical doesn't matter. And it's like, yeah, but it's still, you've still got a very male, female, um, setup, right? You're not like, oh, there, I, there's no gay lesbian couples in the show. Uh, there's no trans or anything like that. So it's a very, like as much as, oh, this experiment of fall, you know, and then everyone's in shape and good looking. So it's like, no, you basically, there's a show on Netflix, I think called too hot to handle and all my stupid, I don't want to call them stupid, but all my 20 year old colleagues in the marketing world, like there's times like, oh my God, did you guys watch the new season of too hot? I'm like, I can't watch the concept of that show. If I'm not mistaken, I've seen the ads is they put a bunch of quote unquote hot people together and if they can avoid fucking each other, they win money. That's why they're too hot to handle. I, you're so hot. I can't not fuck you for a million dollars or whatever it is. And these people to me are incredibly unattractive. They have stupid haircuts, dumb. They're so stupid. Just the way they talk. There's nothing to them. And I'm just like, this show is the dumbest thing. And, and apparently all, like I said, all my young colleagues watch it. So I actually might give that show a go just to see how horrific it is. But, um, I do enjoy watching love and Bl love is blind. Uh, the issue I take with it is that it's only heteronorms. That's the, in terms again, you know, if it's like, oh, can you really fall in love with someone for who they are? Well, you know, as long as they're, as long as they're attractive, um, heterosexual, um, in shape, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the show. So, so if you watch a show and you're like, oh my God, love is blind. Please know that all the parameters have been very narrowly, you know, orchestrated so that if you fall in love with someone, you're still going to get a, a, a young, attractive, hot person. You know what I mean? Uh, of the opposite gender. Uh, that's, that's how the show is. So, uh, it's hosted by Nick Lachey and his wife Skeletor. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, 
it's not as, as experimental as it seems. And if you watch it, you're like, Oh my God, love is blind. Give your fucking head a shake. Um, but anyways, I watched the entire first season. Uh, <laughs> like I'm just, I like it's a, it is an entertaining show to watch. It's drama, people fighting, getting angry at each other. Like it's fun to watch, but it is drama. It's just, if you happen to be like, Oh my God, like, I like the idea that this could be like these people. It's love. That's what stop it. Not even close to it. All right. God, I'm really going off, uh, really going off on a tangent here. So smile done. Love is blind. Cross that out. I just wanted, I was, it was important to me to really hit that. Um, when they're like, like they keep saying, oh, will you prove that love is truly blind at the altar? Do you love, you've met this person sight unseen, you know, can you prove love is blind? Did you guys, you guys really did prove love is blind. It's like, nah, far from it. Shut your, shut your, shut your fucking mouth. I'll slap you around. Anyways, guys, there's a great product out there made by a Canadian company, uh, manufactured in Canada. It's a zero waste product. I've been marketing and giving away samples to. It's called True Earth, T-R-U-E-A. R-T-H. Guys, this product is laundry detergent sheets. So we're giving away eight packs, like a sample that has eight um, uses, eight loads, if you will, in it. And True Earth, what it is, is um, like I said, it's laundry detergent strip. You throw it in your wash um, and it and it dissolves in the water and it washes your clothes. The, the reason that this is a good product is because it has zero waste. So for example, um, I don't know if you know this big jug of laundry detergent that you probably have in your, uh, laundry room right now, as we speak, um, full of water. A lot of what's in your detergent is water. Not to mention it comes in a plastic jug. Uh, those plastic jugs end up in landfills or hurting the earth guys. And if you have kids, God, you, you, you're ruining the earth for your children there. Um, the thing with true earth is it comes in like an envelope. It's got eight strips in it. You throw the strips in. So first off, just, just the shipping of this product, you get way more product in the stores. You're shipping way less. Then when you take the envelope out, you can take, it's just a strip. You're not wasting any water. You're not paying to ship water, right? Like the whole idea of dry shampoo bars and Kool-Aid mix and concentrate is why ship a big jug of juice when you can just bring it home and add the water yourself. Shave, saving shelf space. You're saving water. You're saving the amount of uh, petrol. What am I from the UK? The amount of gas that you save fuel in just trucks driving shit around. Right. So the whole idea is like, okay, well, if you're like, fuck it, it's the same amount of water. Sure. Less fuel. Right. What do you think is easier to ship a bunch of cans, frozen, frozen orange juice cans or big jugs of juice. Right. So you got to look at it from a lot of different angles. I'm not preaching here. I'm just saying, if you're like, what's the point, here's why. So when you've got a strip, that's like the size of a business card, Right. And that's your laundry detergent load versus a whole cup of fluid. That's water and everything like that. It doesn't come in plastic and this little envelope that it comes in guys, you rip it up. It's biodegradable, compostable. So literally this product has no waste. You get an envelope, uh, your, your laundry strips in it. Easy peasy. T R U E A R T H true earth is the name of the product is Canadian company made in Canada. Um, you can order it online. It is a direct to consumer model, but there are a few stores that have it. That was the product that I was giving away this weekend. Guys, I have a ton of samples. I'll be doing it again this weekend. So if you happen to be one of my onesies that's in my area, um, or anything like that, I would love to give you a sample. So, so find me, we will be in the Glebe, uh, this weekend, uh, somewhere, you know, around the TD place area. But the reason I say this is just because, um, oh, I would love to, for you guys to try this stuff. Um, I got, I got tons of samples, so I'll, I'll hook you up for a little bit. If you happen to be one of my onesies, that's, um, 
you know, somewhere else in North America, I would be happy to ship you some samples. Um, send me, uh, send me an email contact at one man podcast.com. So let's, let's do a little email recap. I want to know, do you guys think it's scarier when a, when a, when a monster or, or demon or horror figure speaks or doesn't speak, right? So, so no talking or talking what's scarier, um, when you have, cause Freddie would also torture you with rhetoric. But anyways, uh, that is one of my questions. Send me an email if you're interested in this truer thing. Send me an email what you think of your reality TV shows. Do you have a reality TV show that you think I would enjoy that, stays, that tries to stay truer to its narrative? Um, you know, what? what's what's your thing, right? Contact at onemanpodcast.com. If you happen to be somewhere in North America, I would love to send you some samples. I may ask you to cover the shipping, um, but I'll stick enough in there that, that you'll still be saving way more money over your... Um, like, if I can stick it in one of those, like envelopes that you just throw in the mail, five, 10 bucks. Let's do that. But, uh, you know what, if it's cheap enough, if it's, I'll tell you what, if it's under five bucks, I'll cover it. That's how much I love you guys that I'll just, I'll throw, I'll throw a little love my onesies way. So if anywhere in North America, um, fuck it overseas, I'm getting a lot of like India and China and Ukraine listens. So greetings from Canada to my onesies abroad. But, um, I don't care. Yeah. Like if it's, if it's relatively cheap, if I'm getting like 15 people and everything's 10 bucks, I mean, eh, it's a little bit, a little bit before Christmas there. And actually I have to make another note here. One sec. Sorry about that guys. Just a little note of something else kind of shitty that happened this week. Um, yeah, I, um, yeah, send it, send it to me. You know what? Worst case, you know, you, you pay a little bit of shipping and I will, I will send you the equivalent of, of, you know, an entire jug of detergent. Okay. Maybe more again, depending on how much I can fit in and how cheap it is. I'll, I, I just, let me, I want to get this product to you because it actually is going to save, you know, a shitload of, of jugs and landfill and wasted water and, and burnt fuel shipping this stuff. Cause the cases that they give us for samples, like there's 300 envelopes in a box, like these small boxes, and there's eight samples per box. Uh, or, or sorry, per, per envelope. So there's 2,400 loads of laundry per box, which I can tell you right now, um, takes up infinitely less space, not only in your closet, not only in the retail stores, not only in the trucks, but that's just a lot of, of fuel. That's not wasted shipping laundry detergent. That's full of water that goes into landfills. I like this product a lot. I like this product a lot, guys. It's uh it's really cool. And, and, and if you're just, for some reason, you're just like, um, you know what? I'm just going to skip the, the, the whole asking Josh for a sample. I'll just order it directly. If that is your plan, please send me an email contact at one man because on these, uh, samples that we're giving away, there's actually like promo codes to get 10% off online. So please message me. If it's something that you want, if you love the idea and you're like, I'm, I'm fucking all in already groovy, send me an email. Let me get you that promo code so that you can save 10% off of your order when you, uh, when you do it, it's not a, it's not an affiliate link by any means for one man podcast. Um, but I would, uh, I would appreciate that. Uh, j- just so that I know I'm saving you money. You know what I mean? Thanks for, thanks for giving a fuck about your environment and, and for other people. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, what do we got next here, guys? What do we got next? I, uh, I did a few things. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting the stuff that I thought would be short to talk about out of the way. It's 37 minutes in. Maybe I'll save some of this for next week's episode. Huh? My, uh, I got like a holiday gift guide. I might save that. Um, because I want to talk about some other shit that I experienced this week. Okay, gang. Sorry. I actually did change over my laundry. I am doing my first loads with the true earth strips. Uh, Jason's done a couple really like them. Uh, so I'm just, uh, getting some laundry done there. Um, okay. So 
Um, I am, I'm, I'm on the fence guys because I'm like, I'm 38 minutes in. Um, let's see how much time I have left after I talk about some of the things from this week. So, um, at some point someone broke the, the driver's side mirror, you know, outside mirror, uh, on my car. Um, the mirror itself, the casing all around it, which I've since learned is called the skull cap. Um, that was broken, not off, like in the sense it was right gone from the car, but broken apart and, and flapping around loose on the outside and the left side of the mirror itself was shattered. So there's still like a good few inches on the inward side that I can actually see out of. So the vehicle's, um, safe enough to drive. But, um, I think that happened Saturday night as these things do, right? Because you can't just wake up the next day and go to the dealership because it's Sunday, it's closed. There's nothing you can do. So I, um, luckily I was doing the marketing gig this weekend. Um, I didn't even talk about it. I literally just talked about the product, but we were giving out samples in the byword market, very big, busy area of Ottawa. Um, all my onesies listening, they're like, yeah, duh. Okay. Well, I have listeners. Otherwise, if you come to Ottawa, one of the places you're going to check out is byword market. This is how it is. Um, and then we did the Glebe, which is like a socially conscious area of town, like the hipster gentrified fucking part of town. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that like, it's funny for the part of town that you would think would be like, oh my God, this is a great solution. And don't get me wrong. There was a lot of people like, oh my God, this makes perfect sense. It's a great initiative. There were some people like, no, thanks. I'm not interested. And it's like, you're telling me like you live in this area. I, I was joking with them. I'm like, they're going to kick you out of the Glebe because you, you know, you're basically saying, no, thanks. I'll keep my plastic and wasted water stuff. And you want to think, I'm not asking you to buy this. We're giving you free samples and you won't even try it. You won't even take it. Fuck you. Um, there's a lot. And then I, I would yell stuff at them like, okay, well, you're not allowed to take the environmental high horse position in an argument anymore, considering that you're turning your nose up at a great solution. Um, I'm very mouthy anyways. Um, uh, what was I going to say? So the mirror, uh, I was working Sunday. I didn't have to really worry too, too much. But then Monday morning I drove to my dealership and what do you guys think it costs for a mirror and a fucking skull cap, like the plastic surrounding it? We were even playing that game at the desk and they were like, ah, 500. One guy's like, ah, 550. I'm like, I'm going to go 629. We're doing prices, right? Rules. So, you know, whoever said, anyways, Roger goes over, gets the, gets the things like, geez, I go, oh, that doesn't sound good. He goes $979. And I was like, wow. And they're like, you win. I'm like, did I? Did I win? I was really hoping to be wrong. I would, that would have been one of those times I'd really love to not be right. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to call my insurance with this. I can't drop a grand on a fucking mirror, um, you know, before Christmas. Anyways, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna have to get a hold of my insurance company. I have done all the, I won't bore you guys with the process, but fuck me. Have I ever gone through all of the calling and taking my own pictures? Now I'm going to wait for like approval. My claims adjust, like all this shit. It's just so fucking annoying, but like 10, 10 minutes away from the dealership, right? Driving home. Like my service light comes on. It's like B one. That's like the brake inspection and brake maintenance. So that's going to be another 300. I called them back and go, what's the B one? Is it expensive? Like, yeah, it's the brake one. Like, I love these guys. Don't get me wrong. Like most people call their mechanics mechanics. Like, yeah, it's going to be fucking a million dollars to fix. Like, no, these guys are good to me. I, I do. I do, uh, love and trust them very, very much. They've been very supportive to me over the years. They, they listen to the podcast. They've come to my standup shows. Like I, I love these guys very, very much. They're very, very good to me. Um, so called insurance to that. That's just another thing I dealt with. Like I, I literally, the other two stories I'm going to tell you guys that I did this week, both times while I was doing these, I received calls from insurance adjusters, the insurance company, like, like it's a lot of, of 
bullshit to deal with. But just to let you know, one of the things I've done this week is have to contact my insurance company to fix a mirror that someone broke. Um, interestingly enough, interestingly, um, a, a, a little factor of it is I am a big uh, believer in lower deductible and higher premiums if necessary. Um, some of you, like, I don't know, I, I, here's where I'm at. Okay. Um, apparently it's hard to get a $300 deductible anymore. I have a $300 deductible. Okay. For anyone that's very unlikely that you don't know what that means, but just in case you don't, a deductible is the amount of money that you pay in the event that something happens to your car. Now, insurance companies, um, are, are, they report record profits because their job is to get money from you every month and do everything in their power, never to pay you money when you need it. Um, not to say that they don't, it's just, they will do everything in their power not to. And one of the reasons that insurance companies have deductibles is because a lot of things that happen to cars, or at least in the, you know, former years, a lot of things that happen to cars usually can get fixed for under 500 bucks, right? It used to be that like your deductible on your car was like a thousand dollars. So let's say, you know, big auto accident, you know, there's $5,000 of damage. You got to pay the first thousand. That's your deductible. And then they pay the rest. All right. And then there was like, Ooh, and you can get a $500 deductible now. It's like, Ooh, okay. Like in the case of this, it'd be like, Oh shit, it's 900 bucks. Well, I'll pay the first 500. At least they're covering 427. Now I pay my insurance company about 140, I believe a month for my vehicle. And that includes like my low $300 deductible or whatever. But, um, I remember when I was getting my policy, I was like, I was like, you know, okay, what's the, what's it going to cost me, you know, a month. Uh, you know, for the $500 deductible, what's it going to cost me a month for the $300 deductible? And they were, they looked and they're like, it's actually the same. I'm like, then give me the fucking $300 deductible, right? When something like this happens, I don't want to spend more. And I've always opted into buying the cheaper deductible because a lot of people are like, you know, a lot of people think nothing's ever going to happen to them. I have been very unlucky. A lot of my, like I've had several insurance claims since I've been a driver and I've been a driver for about 13 years. So, so I'm not one of those guys who got his license when he was 16 and got a car right away. I was in my late twenties before I got my, my first vehicle. And, uh, I, I have always opted. I, every single car I have had has been in accidents. Um, not for me. I've been hit. Uh, I've had wheels fly off trucks on the highway and hit my car, knock, knocking my bumper off my fog light out. Um, I've had, I've had squirrels chew through my engine, uh, and bury their nuts in it. I have fucking pictures to prove it. Um, but, but so like I've had shit happen to me. It was not my fault. Um, and I've had to make insurance claims and I'll tell you this right now, like as a, as a comic, like I'm better financially now than I once was, but there was a time where it's like, like any amount of money was, was a nightmare, like an absolute nightmare. And it's like, you know, when people are like, oh, I put money aside, you know, for a rainy day, it's like, it's not for a rain, like that. I don't know. To me, a rainy day is like, oh, it's a rainy day and you're looking for some fun. That's what a rainy day fund is for. Oh, it's a rainy day. It's shitty. Hey, let's rent some movies. Let's go see a movie. Let's get some pizza. Let's go out and you know what I mean? Like something fun to me. I get why people have like, you know, it's like that emergency fund. That's, that's the better name for, for that money that's slushed away is that there's like, you know, something happens. You're like, fuck. So I'm glad that I'm in a position now where when something happens, it's like, fuck, I didn't want to waste that money, but you almost have to factor it into, you know, just the cost of being a human being in a first world is that sometimes you're going to have stuff that you have to, you know, pay, um, you know, when you, when something breaks or whatever, when one of your luxury North American first world problems happens, you got to have that money ready. So. Sorry, gang. I think I literally cut off my last word with my hitting the pause button. I'm sorry. I've got someone who's interested in purchasing some whiskeys 
and I'm just trying to yeah make sure uh, I get that going. Um, bop ba dee bop ba doop. Beepity bop. Sorry, guys. I uh, I'm gonna pause again. You'll never know. I'm just pausing. I'm just trying to get my sh- just trying to get my goddamn life together. Oh man, this day is getting away from me, folks. Um, all right. It's been a minute since I hit pause. Um, I'm not sixty seconds minute, but you know, a New York minute. Fuck. Um. Oh. Ow. Um, I was talking about the, you know, the rainy day funds or whatever for the, the thing. I think that's the last thing I was talking about. So the point is just that like having that fund, not even for like, if something happens, but just understanding that that's life, that's cost of living, right? First world thing. I think that's what I, that uh, I was rambling on about. So, um, yeah, but my, my big suggestion to you guys is if you were ever like me at a period of time in your life where you're like, oh, um, you know, my car being a stand-up comic, I had to go city to city. I had to drive. I was driving. Uh, there was time I was driving Uber. I was driving Domino's like quite literally, you know, I'm driving to stand-up gigs quite literally. You take my car away from me. You've just eliminated like all my sources of income. So couldn't not have my car and, you know, couldn't drop an extra few hundred dollars in an instant. Like these people who have a thousand dollar deductible because they're trying to save like six bucks a month uh, blows my mind. Do you know, let's figure this out. Um, uh, my, uh, one second here. Okay. So let's say you're paying a thousand dollars, 700 bucks. All right. More than what I pay. So divided by 12 months. No, that's how many years, $700 and like, okay, right. Six bucks a month. So you're going to pay an extra $700 divided by six months. It would take you a hundred and sixteen point six. So let's just say let's just say seven, 117 months, 117 months divided by 12. It would take you nine years and 75% of a year. So nine years and nine months to pay that same amount in premiums. Do you, do you get that human? Do you get that you being cheap going, ah, I don't want to pay an extra seven bucks a month. Something in within 10 years will happen. Like I said, I didn't choose for someone to smash my mirror in the middle of the night on my car. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, but some people are that cheap. Like, I don't want to pay an extra fucking, you know, X amount of dollars a year or month. I would much rather pay $700 in November, right before Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. Um, you know, like that's just it to me, it's, it makes way more sense to me. Um, and again, for me, it was like no cost difference between 300 and 500. I don't even know how much I would have saved if it was a thousand. I guarantee you it wasn't more than a few bucks a month. Keep in mind, the insurance company is making like 150 bucks off me every single month. Um, I've had that vehicle since 2019, January, January, I picked it up 2019. So, um, we can say at least three years, right? Are we at January yet? We're, we're damn near, but that, but at least all of 2019, all of 2020, all of 2021. So 140 times. Uh, 36 is two, three years. They've made $5,000 off of me. They had to replace, they had to replace my windshield for 1800, but I paid the first 300 off that. So it's 1500. Okay. And now they're going to pay, you know, 700. So it's just sometimes people don't even put this into perspective. Like the insurance company with the two claims that I've made on this vehicle have already still profited $2,800 off of me. Had they not, let's go ahead and put $700 back on and put $1,800 back on. I forgot what the first number was. If they've made $5,300 off of me, you guys realize how much money insurance companies make like that. It's absolutely insane. So my point being is just that like they're, you're not hurting the insurance company. All right. They, they 
and they want to say no to you too. All right. They want to say no to you so fucking bad. Um, when you, when you claim money, right. That's why like a scratch on your car, you don't get it fixed. Why? Someone will be like, Oh, you got insurance. We get it fixed. It's like, well, that fix is going to cost me $400 because my deductible is 500. So it's not worth it to me. I'm just paying it myself. Basically. They're not going to cover. It. That's why insurance companies have that. Most things on cars, cracks, broken, this, that, whatever you can get them all fixed for somewhere around the $500 mark. And that's so the insurance company is like, oh, well, fuck, we do it for you. But I mean, your deductible is 500, right? Whereas if every time you scratched your car, the insurance company just paid for it, they wouldn't be making record numbers of profits because every one of us would be like, oh, backed my grocery cart into the side of my car, accidentally dented it. Let's go call insurance or whatever. So, ah, just the way it goes. Josh, we all know how insurance works. Do you? Because the amount of people I talk to, they're like, oh, I have a thousand dollar deductible. I have a $500. Why? Why in God's name would you have that? That's all I'm saying is if you look at it two different ways, every month, it's easier for me to pay $5 more in my, I'm already paying 140 bucks. It's not like I'm going from five to 10. I'm not doubling my insurance every month. All right. I go from 136 to 141 a month. But for me, I'd rather pay that $5 more when I'm paying a lump sum so that the day something bad happens, I'm not paying a thousand instead of 300. As I've mentioned, it's going to take me nine years. You know, some people are like, well, your premiums will go up. Okay. So let's do the math again. How many years at $5 a month is it going to take for you to pay? That's, that's what it is. How many months? So if I did, if I paid that extra $700 to avoid my premiums going up, all right. And I divide that by 12 months. It would take, that doesn't make any sense. $700 divided by five is what I want to do. $5 more a month. It would take 140 months. 140 divided by 12 is 11 years to, to actually pay the same amount. Like, do you guys fucking get that? Like, I'm not, I, again, maybe a lot of you are like me. You're like, no, that makes perfect sense. I don't know why anyone wouldn't do that. And again, the insurance companies are hedging their bets that if everyone pays the extra five bucks for the lower deductible, that the amount of accidents that are actually happening, they're still going to make money, whatever. But on an individual basis, guys, it makes infinitely more sense for you to pay a little bit more. And then when that happens, save a much larger lump sum, because you don't, you never know what's going to happen in your life. You know what I mean? You never know what's going on. Uh, accidents and, and costs never happen you know, when it's a convenient time. Anyways, I feel like some of you are like, dude, I fucking get it. Move on. Fine. Fine. I'm just saying I, I still, it still doesn't make any sense to me because you know what it is, right? A lot of people just think, oh, I'm just never going to get into an accident. And, um, actually, you know what? The reason, one of the reasons I'm, 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 I think I'm so heavily pushing this subject is that one of my kiddos, uh, you know, has a motorcycle and I was like, oh, I'm not going to get into an accident. Like nothing's going to happen. It's like accidents, aren't always the person, you know, it's not always your fault. Sometimes people don't see you. Sometimes something happens, something breaks, you know, an issue on the road. Like you're not always in control, right? I'm not monitoring my car every two seconds. Someone comes by and smashes my mirror. I had nothing to do with that. Okay. But shit happens. And it's one of those things where in that moment, you know, you can't plan for it. So these idiots walking around, like I've never been in an accident. Okay. No one has until they have. And on that day, when you're like, fuck, I literally have definitely had this car for like six months. All right. Well, guess what? That would have cost you 30 bucks if you had manned up. Now you're paying 700 extra. Um, I've made my point. I've made my point. I'm so sorry, guys. It's just been a long day and my neck hurts. Um, also, I'm so mad that I have to fucking pay this, but I'm so happy that um, 
I'm so happy I don't have to pay more than 300. Here's the thing. My service is going to cost me like 300 too. So like, it's like, I'm dropping like 600 bucks, but again, 600 is better than 1300. And, uh, I'm going to see if they can like, cause it's like you pay for the, uh, the, the labor and the labor at the dealership is 150 an hour. So I'm hoping that within that hour, they can actually replace the skull cap and the labor of the brake check and, uh, you know, call it a day and be like, Oh, did you do it all in an hour? Well, let's charge the insurance company that hour and, uh, charge me a little less on that other, that other shit there. I'd really, I'd, I'd really fucking appreciate that. You know, and it would mean a lot to me. Uh, save me a lot of money these days. Okay. All right. Um, guys, I saw a book. I was out this weekend. Uh, my buddy and Jad and I were, were popping into a, um, one of them, their bookstores. I, I just had to mention this. I walked by and the word cancer on the front of the book was so large. It caught my attention, but this book is called never get, never fear cancer again. I just saw this. I was like, how, how is this a thing? There's no fucking way that this is a real book because here's what the title says. And I will post it on the, the social, um, on the social. Yeah. I'll put it on the, the, the one of my podcast social. Cause I didn't, need, I actually took pictures of those, those bars, but I meant to take pictures of them open too. Cause I just took pictures of the packaging. I didn't even take pictures of the nutritional ingredients in the back, just what they looked like. And, uh, and then we ate them and I didn't take pictures of them. And now I'm like, Oh, I guess the next time I pull them out, but I could forget. And then by, by the time I actually do it and pull them out and thaw them and eat them and all that shit, it'll be like four weeks from now. And everyone's like, you guys all have listened to it. And if you even follow the socials, you won't be like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize. Maybe I'll do that right this second. I'm going to do it right this second. Okay. So, hmm, I really hope there wasn't a bunch of dead silence there. I'll have to find out. I didn't see the, the thing flashing. Um, okay. So this book, Jad and I, I, I posted the book. I posted the, uh, the, 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 the goodies. I really don't like being behind on the stuff, but it's like, well, I can't post it right now. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it's there. It's there. As we speak, it is there. Um, Books called Never Fear Cancer Again, How to Prevent and Reverse Cancer. Literally what it's called. It is by Raymond Francis MSC, whatever that is, author of bestseller Never Be Sick Again. Also a bold claim, but not nearly as bad as this. And then forward by, forward by Harvey Diamond, co-author of the number one New York Times bestseller Fit for Life. This book, guys, was in like the back of the um, was in the back of like the store in like, just like the medical reference section. There was two copies again, never fear cancer again, how to prevent and reverse cancer. Not like how to attempt, how to help, um, how to decrease your chances of getting cancer and how to, how to, uh, you know, like no humility in this title ever. The book is called never fear cancer again, because now you're going to know how to prevent and reverse cancer. That is insane. The boldness, the, the balls to claim that your book is how to prevent and reverse reverse, which effectively means cure cancer guys. This book is the cure for cancer. Um, According to its, it's, it's cover, um, blows my mind that for starters, um, it's hidden in the back of the store. Number two, it is not a staff pick. There was a lot of really bad books like, or, or fluff books that were, were staff picks. However, this book will teach you how to never get cancer. And if you do how to reverse it, not a staff pick. I was like, 
are you shitting me that this thing exists? First of all, I don't believe that it's true. So for starters, to have books that makes it, imagine you get diagnosed with cancer and you can't think for yourself. So you walk by, you're like, the word cancer on the book was so big, it caught my eye. It's never fear cancer again, how to prevent and reverse cancer. Walk by and go, oh my God, this is exactly what I need. I'm dying of cancer and now I can reverse it according to this book. To be able to sell a book that has this claim on it, there's no way it's true because you know what? If they had found a way to prevent and reverse cancer, front page news, which even saying front page is like a dated reference because nobody reads the newspaper, or at least a lot of people don't read the newspaper, not in paper form anyways. And it would be international news. Guys, we found out how to prevent and reverse cancer. Cancer is no longer a threat. Never fear it again. Okay, that's our message to you. Never fear it again because we found out how to prevent and reverse it. Oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Not a chance that there's any truth behind this. And the fact that they're selling it, it's like, wow, that's, that's going to, but here's the thing, guys, you know, the book's not true. Here's why, because like I said, you would have heard of this already, it would have been front page news. This book also didn't have a thousand copies at the front of the store because it is a breakthrough medical discovery. There's two copies at the back of the store hidden away not a staff pick. You know what is a staff pick? And you know what they do have a thousand copies of at the front of the store? Matthew Perry's memoir. Matthew Perry, and you know what? Not to throw shade at the guy, but uh, in his book, he throwed shade at Keanu Reeves. I'm going to tell you this. Keanu Reeves, very likable guy. Um, he's not Canadian, though he has lived some time. He's actually born in Lebanon, has lived some time in Canada. Um, Keanu Reeves definitely embodies Canadian values, kindness, helping people, no ego, very Canadian uh, guy. Matthew Perry, absolutely Canadian from Ottawa, my hometown where I am sitting right now uh, from Ottawa. Um, you know what he did? Uh, he got on a big TV show uh, and then he started doing drugs and uh, wow, we can't wait to hear about that. Well, well, he was on Friends. You know that show with a bunch of twats? Again, I love the pitch meeting for for Friends where it's like, you know, like a bunch of 20 year olds that all have like a huge place in New York, you know, one of the most expensive real estate places in the world. They have like a roof, rooftop condo, um, you know, on a, on a, you know, coffee shop waitresses thing and a, and a, uh, what a chef. Oh, I'm a professional chef, right. With the brother who's like a 20 something year old, uh, paleontologist, like the stupidest show of all time. One of the dumbest shows of all time. Fuck, fuck friends and fuck you. If you like it and fuck you, if you're new to friends and you think it's like a, oh, I want to buy the shirt friends. It was one of the dumbest shows of all time. You're my lobster. You're my lobster. I don't even remember the context. Friends is one of the dumbest shows of all time. And you're a fucking idiot if you like it. Um, and I usually try to pull my punches on my onesies, but fuck friends. Fuck you. Um, it is, it is absolutely moronic. It made so many people. David Schwimmer is one of the, the most annoying idiots of all fucking time. And that was the guy who is like, oh yeah, that's definitely the guy that Jennifer Aniston can't keep her eyes off of. And wear a bra, Jennifer Aniston. The whole fucking show is based on you walking around never wearing bras. The whole fucking show is so fucking stupid. Um, and and this book of Matthew Perry, do you want to know what makes the annoying guy from Friends? It's like, oh, he's always telling jokes. He's the funny one, is he? No, no one ever laughs at his jokes. And how is the funny one? Oh, well, he'll, he'll keep trying to crack jokes, but no one ever laughs. Every part of that show was fucking stupid. Made no sense. Um, and it was like the most, the highest paid fucking. Uh, but my point is, why am I in a fucking mood? I don't know. I just, I, I just, I, I dislike. 
<laughs> I guess I just like Matthew Perry. The funny thing to me is just like, again, this book is so clearly not a real thing. How to prevent and reverse cancer. Unbelievable. But the fact that, that, you know, Hey, do you want to learn about the, one of the guys from friends? Yeah. Yeah. I want to buy that book. Do you want to know how to prevent and reverse cancer? What's cancer? I don't even like, I'm sorry, but like, do you know how many people tuned into friends? Do you know how many millions of dollars friends made per episode? Do you know how many millions of dollars they paid those actors to be in the channel? Like, it's a really good show. And like a really good show. In fact, Netflix is going to buy it in years. And then people are going to buy like cops and like t-shirts. And it says like friends on it. Because they're like friends. You get it? I don't know what cancer is, but like how many millions of people have heard of cancer? You know what I mean? Like has it affected their lives the same way friends has affected their lives? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so like hashtag blessed, come back yourself and stream on. I'm an angry asshole today, um, but I don't care. You're stupid if you like friends. You're, you're, uh, that's not fair. I think less of you if you like friends. The love of my life liked friends and I used to make her feel bad. Not deliberately. <laughs> like I wasn't trying to hurt her. I just hated the show so much and I could not stop vocalizing how much I thought it was the dumbest show of all time. Um, whatever, enjoy friends, just do yourself a favor. Um, if you're in a conversation with someone, don't bring up friends. And then at any point, try to sound intelligent about anything ever, you know, like don't talk about like global warming after talking about friends because your level of critical thinking, uh, is not, why would anyone listen to this? What's what's your podcast about, Josh? Well, basically, I find something that a lot of people like, and then I attack them personally for liking it. I apologize. Just know I'm self-aware, but fuck Matthew Perry's memoir. Fuck, fuck that show, um, and the fact that there's a book that claims to cure cancer. Fuck Indigo. Let's 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 hold everyone accountable. Fuck Indigo for even carrying a book with such a bold claim. <laughs> I still have more to talk about. I still have more to talk about. God damn it. Um, all right. Well, it's going to be a long one. Fuck. And I, I just have to keep pausing as people keep messaging me. So, Hey, how's it not a step step pick? How's it not a thousand copies? How is Matthew Perry's book? Um, more, more relevant than that. All right. I just saw that. It just drove me crazy. I literally just saw like five people and go, do you see what this book says? How is this book not more popular? You know, it's, it's not true. So if it's not true, why would they sell it in a medical? It's like, it's not like it's in the comedy section, you know, <laughs> someone's claiming to know the cure for cancer. Um, that's laughable. No, it's in the medical reference section. It's a medical book, how to reverse and prevent cancer. Unreal. Um, Mix and I went shopping. Um, her and I were going to go shopping for her birthday a long time ago. And just our schedules never really worked out. There's a lot of homework and stuff like that. So there was never really a night for us to just cut loose, but the teachers striked. Um, again, yeah, it's like what they, it's like what they know how to do. They know how to work for like seven months a year and then strike for two months. Um, I hate teachers too. Wow. This is the, I hate stuff podcast. Um, you know what the thing is? Like I get like, everyone's like, well, they have so many students and they have all these things. It's like, well, when you strike, you negotiate, um, coming back to work. Do you not? You go, I want this. I want that. And then they try to get it for them and then they go, okay, we agree to go back to work based on what we've negotiated here. Why are these people not able to go and make a fucking resolution that lasts for more than a year? If you're not happy with what you get, you negotiate, right? You're supposed to be the educators. So you're not smart enough to fucking figure out what it is that you want and go, Oh, I agree to these terms. 
I, I dislike it so much. Teachers strike all the fucking time. Come up with what you want. Strike until you get it. And when you get it, go to work and stay there. There should be laws against striking like within a certain time period. Do you know what I mean? And if I'm not educated on this, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Send me your stuff. I'll read it. You can insult me and whatever if I'm wrong. You can you can defend friends if you want. I don't care. I'm just saying for me, it's like, why are these people striking constantly? The whole point of a strike is I don't agree with my working conditions. Then you negotiate conditions that you do want, and then you agree to them. You don't change your mind the next year and go, I don't like it anymore. I don't like it anymore. Are you... And get what you want and, and come back to work when it's there. And when you come back work, you fucking lazy cocksuckers, nine month a year working motherfuckers. Oh, I hate teachers so much. Also, I will, I will say this though. Um, I'm also one of those people that growing up, um, my teachers never helped me. Um, they painted me as like, oh, he's a difficult child because he's outspoken. Whatever. Like, I, we've all learned that people learn differently. There's things like ADD and anxiety and stuff like that. And I had a lot of it in school. Um, they weren't very good teachers. Some of them, I, I actually did have phenomenal teachers and I love them. And I would, I honestly, like, I'm, I'm talking like a handful, less than five in my entire life. Um, that I would say were so good. I would stand and pick it with them. If I felt like they were taught unfairly, those people need to be treated properly. They bring a lot to the table. I had infinitely more people like let's put it this way you know like those mcdonald's monopoly stickers okay and there's like a few rare pieces and you know how fucking hard and rare they are to find and how much they're worth that's the teachers i had but i had way more of the same stickers that everyone gets on every single one of them those are the run-of-the-mill teachers they are worth nothing 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 I had teachers that would not spend the time to answer my questions. We're very quick to just be like, "Bah, he's just difficult. No, I'm not difficult. I don't understand. I'd like to learn. Oh, stay after class. We'll help you. All right. So these teachers are like, we work so hard. It's so important for us. Um, the smallest dogs bark the loudest and it's always the worst teachers that want more money. I, I had some teachers that I absolutely loved. These were the people that never protected me from bullies. They never protected me from people who made fun of me, who made fun of me in class. I had one teacher when I first started taking Ritalin, which was, which was a very small experiment. Like maybe, maybe a month I took Ritalin. I remember I would take Ritalin. I would get a headache. And I would just sit quietly. I just, I like, I actually was just felt, I just didn't feel good. So sitting there, like basically not feeling well, I was feeling ill and I'd just be quiet. Cause I didn't feel good. Um, and my teacher, like if I ever spoke out of turn and I don't mean yammered on, and I know that's probably hard for you guys to believe with me in the podcast is yak, 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 yak. But if I spoke at a uh, Madame, je peux, if I spoke out of turn at all, it was Joshua. Avez-vous pris votre médicament, which is French for have you taken your medication? They would say that in front of class to the point where the other kids in the class, in class, out in the school, you're, Josh, avez-vous pris votre médicament? Like, it became a point of insult. They were, they were basically giving the, uh, publicly shaming me. They didn't take me aside and ask me. They, they publicly shamed me. They insulted me. Fuck you, teachers. Seriously. Um... There's, you can, you can learn what you teach on YouTube videos now. You know, I know that kids need to be in classroom. They need to certain, certain things. Like I said, I know that there are good teachers out there, but, but 
I just, this, this not like, first off, you don't work as much as everybody else. You do get paid more than your average person. Um, you're working eight hours. Oh, I got to grade papers. Then grade the fucking papers. You get your weekends off. There's never any accidental. Oops. Oops. We accidentally opened the doors to school today. You got to come in on a Saturday, right? There's none of that shit. There's no risk of that. You get fucking PD days. You get the same holidays. You get your three months plus you get a Christmas and March break and all that other shit that everyone else gets. You know what I mean? Like you get so much more and you whine and you bitch. I have so many kids to pay attention to. Yeah. Pay attention to them. I didn't have teachers fucking paying attention. Right. I have a lot of people like a lot, again, a lot of communities are like, yep, no, my teacher, my teacher was quick to send me out in the hall, but when I I had someone picking on me or bullying me or needed help, they didn't have the time. They are literally like the shitty dismay. Oh my God. What is wrong with me today? Should I take my medication? Do I have my happy pills? Can I just take a pill that doesn't make me hold other people accountable? Um, I think I'm sure they would love that. Anyways, fuck teachers, fuck their strike. I don't even know how I got on this. Uh, I really don't know how I got on this. <laughs> how funny is that? Um, I think the last thing I was talking about, oh, it's right. The teachers were striking and that's why Mix and I were able to go to uh, Bayshore and do some shopping. I had a great time with my daughter as a result of the strike. They found, guys, guess what? They found, uh, they, they came to a deal after one day. One day. How long do you think it'd be good for? Contact at One Man Podcast. Let's do a teacher strike pool. Let's see if these pig fuckers can make it till the end of the year without finding another reason to strike. Ah, fuck. I hate you teachers. If your teacher's listening, fuck you. I don't even know if you're good or not yet. Well, let's put this, this is how good you are. Um, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the people I know specifically that listen, but if you're just out there and you're a teacher and you're listening, you know, maybe you're a good teacher. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say you're a good person who's listening to this podcast. All right. But, uh, I'll tell you what educators educate me why you strike, come up to a deal. And then a year later you got to strike again, right? What's, what's the problem? Explain to me why you say yes to a deal. That's what it is. It's an agreement, right? You said yes to something. And then when someone holds you accountable to your side of the, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I want more money, right? Or, or how, if let's just say, for example, because I know a lot of it's like class sizes and things like that. We have 30 some odd students and I get that that can be overwhelming. So if part of your striking is like, we will not have classes that are over 30 people again. Okay. And maybe you strike because they break their side. How do they break their side? How do they legally book you more students if your deal is that you don't do more than, you know, 25 students or some shit? I don't know. But you explain to me why if you have to keep striking, it's because they keep breaking their end. You tell me how that's legally possible. How can they go above what they're, what they've agreed? Like, you know, if, if it's not you guys breaking your end of the agreement, it's them. Explain it to me or any of my friends, my buddy, Mikey LeBlanc, whom I love very much. Mikey explained to me when I went at crossing guards you know, very early in this podcast, he explained to me some stuff that I've already forgotten. And I remember not completely agreeing with it. It's like, it teaches the kids confidence to cross the street. It's like, well, that's like saying I'm confident to jump out of an airplane when I have a parachute, but what if you do it the first time without it? Right? Like what happens when the kids decide they're not, Oh, well, where's the crossing guard? How do I cross? You know what I mean? Like my, I've, I've learned how to cross a street when there's a human in a vest without sign. If that, that doesn't exist, how do I do it? Right? How do I cross the street without the green light? Like it's, so explain to me, guys, I'm fine with being ignorant. I'm fine with all this shit. Explain to me why these teacher fucks can't stick to their agreement for more than a year or so, right? You can, you can strike every five or six years if something changes. That would be what I would say is like you, when you agree to it, you got to make sure that you're happy enough with it, that you can agree to stick to it to, for five years. All right. 
But Mix and I went shopping. Oh, did we have a good time? We we had a great time. It was long. Uh, I like this podcast, and I thoroughly enjoyed being able to spend the time with her. We the whole idea was like for her birthday, I wanted to take her out and do a, like a little not a shopping spree per se, but she likes candy and and stuff like that. She's young, she's still you know fifteen, whatever, and she'll just she'll just mess with some different kind of candy. She likes that stuff. Uh, like, you know, what kid doesn't like candy, but this was like, I'm going to take you to sugar mountain. We're going to find some American candy bars and stuff like that because they carry it at the sugar mountain at Bayshore. So, um, we also went to some other stores. Like, so I will say this, that, um, we, Jason, I think I made fun of him on the last podcast because, uh, he bought one of those one chip challenges and, sh- and you know, two guys were going to share the one chip. Well, that's again, that's like, uh, signing up for a marathon and then two different people run half of it. Um, you didn't run a full, you know, it's not like, oh, we both did the New York marathon. No, you both did a New York half marathon. Um, you know, so I joked with Jay when I bought the chip, I'm like, I'm going to come home and me, yeah, me and 13 buddies are going to, are each going to have a piece of this chip. And we're going to say we did the one chip challenge. It's like, no, it's the whole thing is to eat the whole thing. Um, so I bought the chip and I'm thinking sometime maybe the holidays when, you know, family's over or whatever, um, maybe just we'll play some games and like the loser will have to eat the chip. Or if it's just more fun to be like, okay, and at some point tonight, I'm going to eat this chip and you guys can all watch me suffer. Like, I feel like it's not the kind of thing you just eat by yourself and that's it. It's definitely something, uh, like Doug Stanhope would say, you know, uh, people wrestle on alligators, but never once have they done it without an audience, right? You're doing it for the spectacle. You're not doing it. Just, I mean, maybe someone just eats one by themselves quietly. I'm like, I ate it. It's like, really? There's no proof. No one saw it. You know, so I'm going to do the one chip challenge. Um, but they also had something there called, uh, you know, mix was going to do it with me, but then they, she saw something called little nitro and that's the world's hottest gummy bear. So apparently the one chip challenge, it's 2 million Scovilles, the, the, the chip, but little nitro is 9 million Scovilles. And it's just like, honestly, like a slightly larger than that, like slightly, maybe it's not even, but it looks slightly larger than your average gummy bear, 9 million Scoville units. The chip was like 22 bucks. The, the gummy bear was 10 or 11. So, um, we're, we're thinking of doing that sometime around the holiday season is just something fun. We'll, we'll do some spicy challenge. Um, we got that. We went to, uh, sugar mountain. We, what else we do? We went to a lot of different places, looked around at a lot of different things. We had fun, but uh, sugar mountain, we got like, you know, payday and whatchamacallit bars and all sorts of other stuff. That's like, you know, American candies that you can't get here. Um, we got all sorts of chewy, fun stuff. Like, again, I can't eat any of that cause of my, my keto, but it was cool to just, you know, see what was there. We went up to a store called mind games. I got crystal, uh, a little pop figure of Tiffany Chucky's bride holding a knife. So that will go on our little, uh, I should take a picture of you guys, of you guys. I should take a picture of our little Halloween, you know, horror movie shelves that we've got up and, uh, and share them with you guys. Uh, you know, on Instagram, just to see all the cool shit that we have, um, that we've collected over time. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that that'll do it for me to make sure it was like, it was like a, an entire evening. We had a really good time together. Um, you know, I'm a consumer at heart. It was like, it was, it was kind of like a double duty thing. Let's, let's get that shopping thing out of the way. Cause she's been waiting long enough for it. And maybe I'll get some ideas of stuff to get for people for, uh, for the holidays. But uh, it also gave me some ideas for some stuff, which, like I said, uh, I'm going to have to move it to next week. I had Josh's holiday gift guide thus far. So over the course of the last couple of weeks, I've had some ideas for stuff for the holidays and uh, I'll share it with you guys, right? Last week I told you, I don't remember what it was that I told you. Oh, the, the, the Lush's, uh, you know, subscription box stuff. 
I will do a short little speed round for anyone who missed the previous episode. I'll just do like a little, little gift guide for you guys. And then finally, finally, and probably most like lengthy, um, sorry, Rich, I'll disappoint you. Cause I was hoping to, to really kind of go into it, but I'm, I'm just feeling like at this point we've talked so much. Um, my buddy, Rich listener of the podcast. Good, uh, good, good, sir. Good man. I like working with this guy. Professional sound engineer, um, has worked on countless, uh, programs in Canada and the U S, uh, was the sound guy for the show all for nothing that I did, uh, with my family. That's where we met. Good dude. Love the guy. Great guy. Um, so Rich and I, uh, a while back decided to do a, a Costco business center. He'd never been to the Costco business center. And I was like, well, fuck, I love Costco. I'll go with you. So we decided to go to the Costco business center and walk around and just shooting the shit, cracking jokes. I love making people uncomfortable in public, just being myself, you know, talking too loud, saying things. And just, I just had a, a you know, laughing a bunch, but also like, oh my God, what are you doing? You can't say that. That's so weird. Like what we did was we went for breakfast first and I was like, you know, I, I'm not supposed to be eating. He was, he was very kind. He was congratulating me for my weight loss and everything like that. Um, but Rich and I were, uh, we're going, uh, you know, I, I, I asked to basically, I was looking for like, um, a breakfast where it's like, I can take eggs and meat and I'd love some hollandaise sauce. Right. It's just basically butter and salt and lemon juice, like things I'm allowed to have, right. No sugar. And, uh, so I ended up getting like an omelet that had just a ton of meat and, uh, saw hollandaise, no, no toast, no, no, uh, home fries. Uh, rich had a great meal. It was, a, it was a really nice breakfast. I had a great time at breakfast. We were shooting the shit about many different things. He was giving me shit because he's like, you use the word narrative a lot. And I'm like, well, that's, it, it works right. When you're telling a story, like for example, going to schools real quick, I kept saying that like, I learned something with the kids where kids, uh, had litter less lunches. So litterless, no litter is what that means. Litterless lunches is what they called it. I'm telling Rich, is like literatureless? No, no. I go, no, literless. That's not, no books. Books are literature. Then he said something else. I'm like, that's literal-less. Like, I'm like, litter-less. He's like, oh, I know what that is. Anyways, for you guys who don't know, schools um, don't allow you to send your kids to school with anything that's litter. Right. So like you can't send them with a granola bar because the granola bar is in a package. That's litter. You can't put, you can't take the granola bar out and stick it in a Ziploc bag because the Ziploc bag is litter. Right. So you have to like take it out and put it in a Ziploc, like a, like a container, right? Like a Ziploc container, not a Ziploc bag. Right. And, um, anything, anything that, that could be thrown away in your kid's lunch is litter and you're not allowed to send them with that. Like, I don't even know if, I don't know what you're supposed to do with an apple core. I think you're supposed to eat the apple, put it back in a container and bring the core home to throw it. And the schools, at least the, the schools that our kids were going to were saying, well, we're trying to keep, teach kids environmental, you know, lessons about them not wasting. And, and, you know, it's like, well, no, you're not teaching them that because mom and dad are throwing all the garbage away at home. There's still garbage in this stuff. Right. So I was saying for a long time, I was referring to it as like, oh, there's the reason. And then the real reason and the real reason guys. And if, again, if I, you know, if I'm telling you something you didn't know, um, maybe, maybe watch one less episode of friends and spend that extra time thinking. But, um, the whole reason that they do it is because they don't want to pay for garbage collection, right? Schools have to pay for that. You know, more, more kids, just literally hundreds of kids bringing garbage every day that costs. So that's the real reason. It's not the, about social consciousness or anything like that. The schools are, are cheap and they don't want to pay for garbage removal. Um, and that is what I refer to as a narrative, right? What's the story behind it? Well, oh, well, the story is we just want to teach kids environmental. No, you don't. You don't want to pay for garbage removal. That's it. So I just, I use the word narrative, but the whole idea is like when something's happening, 
right? Like, I, and I work in marketing, so it's kind of like things happen and we go, oh, well, what's the, you know, I worked on the Harvey's RV and it was a, it was a great initiative. They were giving away free burgers, right? But the whole idea is Harvey's is, you know, it was, it was during the pandemic and a lot of restaurants, people going out and shit were suffering, right? The reason you market your products, the reason you pay companies to market your products is because you need to rebuild your customer base and encourage people to come buy your products. People forget about your products when they see it, right? Same reason people say, why do you have Coca-Cola? You know, everything advertisements everywhere, because, you know, yes, as much as you know what Coke is, if you're not seeing it all the time, your brain's not thinking it right. And after a while of just not seeing Coke, and if you don't drink it every single day, you know, every now and again, someone will be like, Hey, you want a Coke? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I forgot about that. Right. Well, like I can, I'm sure there's a bunch of restaurants right now. If you had to name 15 burger joints, you probably would have a hard time doing it. But then if I gave you a list of 15, like, fuck me, how did I forget that? Oh my God. How the fuck did I forget Wendy's? Oh my God. How did I forget five guys? Oh my God. How did I forget burger priest? Like whatever it is, you know, I can't, oh my God, burger King, of course, burger King. How the fuck did I forget burger? King? You know what I'm saying? So like it's out there. Uh, it's just that that's why companies need to advertise. So a, to keep their product on your mind, but Harvey's during the pandemic, they're, they're goal was to, you know, Hey, give away free burgers, remind people of a, how delicious they are and B that, Hey, we're still a company out there and we're still opening. Now that's the whole point of advertising. That's the whole point of the gig. All right. But the narrative, what's the story behind this? Not, Hey, don't forget about us. Come buy our burgers. You know, that's not a, it's not a big, sexy message. You know, you, you get it if you got a brain in your head, but you're like, yeah, but it's not a sexy message, but Hey, Harvey's is giving away 500,000 thank you burgers to frontline workers and essential workers, first responders. Wow. That's a nice story. Harvey's appreciates you working hard for all of us. Here's some free thank you burgers. Right. And then I say, oh, are we only allowed to give them to like nurses and frontline? We're like, no, you can give them to anybody. But that's the narrative of the, the thing is that we're, we're giving away thank you burgers and there's nothing wrong with that. So that's why I use the word narrative is basically what do you want people to think about what you're doing or whatever? And then what's the the real reason? So when I say narrative, that's what I'm referring to. Um, just in case somebody goes, you always say narrative. Why do you say that? I just, I'm just busting Richard's boxes. I was like the narrative. And he was using it out of context every time he tried to come at me. I'm like, no, it just, that's, that's what it is. Is was, there's, he works in television too. So there's a lot of shows, right? Like perfect example is my 700 years ago when I was talking about love is blind at the beginning of this episode, right? Their narrative is, Oh, is love truly blind? Or is this, it's like, well, yeah, you'd love for that to be your narrative, but for, for you to prove that love is blind, you'd really need to have people of all shapes and sizes and sexual orientations and everything like that. And have it be purely based on the emotional connection. You don't, you have a bunch of cisgendered, you know, um, uh, attractive people. So is love is blind is love blind. As long as you know that the person on the side of the wall is, 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 you know, heterosexual and, uh, attractive, right? Big asterisks, but the narrative is, oh, is love is blind is love blind. Let's find out. Right. That's what a narrative is, is, is what's the story they're trying to tell versus, well, if you stop and think about it, it's not really that. Okay. Okay. Rich, you fuck. You get what I'm saying yet? Do you understand why I use the word narrative? You motherfucker. He also says that I turn into like Jersey accent all the time. Anyways, Rich and I had a great morning. Uh, thanks for breakfast, Rich. Rich was kind enough to pick up the tab. Good dude. Um, and then we went through Costco, just looking at shit, making fun, you know, uh, trying to buy healthy stuff, uh, keto stuff. He was saying like, he's not as strict as he once was, but he's lost a ton of weight. He looks great. He's like, oh, we're two fat guys. I'm like, mm, you're not a fat guy. Um, 
but uh it, it was it was fun we picked up some snacks i spent the you know the afternoon yesterday oh i'm getting a phone call here guys sorry that was the dealership calling to say that my mirror piece was in i love these guys i told you they work great like it was in there monday morning they ordered the piece it's wednesday and it's there now i'm literally just waiting on insurance um so whatever but again like i told you guys like doesn't matter what i've been doing this week uh i get a call from something along the the, the part of this what is this vacation notice Stop emailing me, everyone. Okay. Um, blah, blah, blah. What was I talking about? Rich. Yeah. Costco making him uncomfortable buying stuff, uh, narratives, all these different things. I had a really good time with Rich. We, we bought like different kinds of like healthy stuff. Um, I, yesterday was not a good day for my diet in the sense that I did two, I did two shakes, but I, I sampled a, like a pro, like a good to go sort of like little product cake muffin little just round things like a lot of these things that i got were like you know 80 calories and keto but i tried a reasonable amount of them these little dark chocolate bars that had like pistachios uh sunflowers and like cranberries i tried one of those so i probably didn't go over like 1500 calories all day i bought these doctor chef guy fucking protein bars that did that, that taste very very good they're like 200 calories the bar i had one of those um, and I've been chewing pure gum, which is like an aspartame, less sugar-free gum. Um, so we bought like a box of that and I'm like four pieces in. The only thing is that like the, the flavor's gone in five minutes and I don't, I, I meant to Google this, but I think that chewing the gum, just continuously chewing the gum, I think it actually makes you hungrier because the process of chewing, I think it actually builds the hunger. So for me, I don't know if it's a great idea just yet, but it's Costco. I can return whatever I don't like. Right. I bought, um, these cheese tortilla chips that I had purchased before, but they were on sale. So, you know, um, I've got them. I, I basically weighed them because that's the thing, right? Like it's based on weight, what the cal caloric intake is, right? So like when it's like per 20 chips, well, you could eat 20 chips, but if they're all huge and stuff like that, you know, like they may weigh over. So I have a little kitchen scale and, and a, you know, box of Ziploc bags and I literally put the bag on, tear it out right? Make sure that it's, you know, back to zero grams. And then I go, okay, if this is per 30 grams, I'll fucking fill a bag with 30 grams. Bang. So however many broken chips or whatever's in there. I, again, like I, this is just, maybe I'm the, the most stupid human being in the world. And I'm just telling you guys shit. You're like, yeah, that's how everybody portions their snacks. I don't know. But for me, it's easier to pre-portion them in Ziploc bags and then throw them in a large bag and be able to go like, I want a snack. Boom. I already know that it's like 30 calories. Good to go. You know what I mean? or not 30 calories, 30 grams, you know, 200 calories, whatever that may be good to go. Right. And just bang. I like, I can track my calories better by, by having them pre-portioned and just know if I want a snack, have this, you know, the dark chocolate things. I like that the little muffin bite things are like, you know, Hey, it's 80 calories. It's already in a package. I know it's a lot of plastic waste. I really do know that. And I'm sorry. Um, but until I have a better handle on this, uh, last time I weighed in guys, I'm still at like 278.5. Um, there's been days like when Mix and I went out, I, I twice that day I had uh, those egg, uh, egg, bacon, and Gruyere bites from Starbucks. Very tasty. Was very happy to have them. They are keto, but the calories. Um, I think the other day when I was with Crystal, I had a little bit of like the inside of one of those meat and cheese pies. I opened it up and just had the meat and the cheese, a little bit of it. Um, I'm drinking Coke Zero, so I know I'm not getting any calories that way. Um, I gotta be more disciplined guys. Like, again, I still have the same amount of shakes. So whenever I don't drink two shakes and I have other shit, like it's just another day that I have, you know, to do shakes and, and burn calories. So 
I'm going to push hard. I'm going to be a little bit more accountable with this. And uh, I hope to keep sharing good news with you guys. The good news to me is that, um, even when I'm, you know, going off program and, and eating stuff, I'm, I really am staying good to make sure that I'm not just eating garbage. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm eating stuff that's keto friendly, that, that doesn't have sugar, you know, um, I got a requisition for blood work again. So let's see if by the time I get my blood work done, I'm able to say like, Hey, I'm not diabetic anymore. My blood's good, you know? So all sorts of stuff, gang, that, uh, that, that we'll, we'll chat about, but, uh, I had a good time with rich buying the stuff. Um, I've got now, now, even when I'm done this program, I have healthy snacks. I bought a big jar of pickles. Pickles are okay. Um, I'm just looking forward to being able to, oh, I got a bag of jerky and check the, I check the calorie count on that to make sure it's like a lot of protein. Again, like guys, keep in mind, like zero sugar doesn't mean zero calories. Again, a lot of you probably know this, but just like when you're like, oh my God, I can't like, I can have zero calorie sweet stuff, right? Like Coke zero and, and things like that. But there's other foods that are, you know, they're keto. They won't, they won't, you know, they'll, they'll keep my body burning fat, but it's still calories. If I still, you know, when they're like, oh, you can eat bacon and cheese on keto. You can, you absolutely can. And you can have a reasonable amount of it, but just keep in mind, it's still got calories to it. And it's still, you know, your body is still a warehouse, right? How many fucking X, Y, and Z do we need to run the show for the day this much? And if you put more in, okay, cool. Throw it in a box and throw it on the shelf. That's what your body is. It's a warehouse for all the extra calories. And every day it still only burns so much. And so if you keep putting more on the shelf than they're taking off, you know, your warehouse is going to fill up faster. So that's the whole point of it is, is keto helps sometimes, you know, the, the whole thing though, is your body, when you're, when you're giving it sugar and shit all the time and it's burning carbohydrates, it's you've, you've conditioned your body to burn carbohydrates. So that's why fasting and things are important because your body is waiting for more carbs. Like, even though it's like, oh, we need to burn stuff. It's not like, okay, go to the fat reserves. It's like, okay, wait for the next carb intake. Okay. Another, another delivery of carbs. All right. Use this up guys. So if you teach your body that like there isn't a delivery of carbs, use what's in the warehouse. You know what I mean? That's what keto is, but you still have to make sure that you're not putting more on the shelves than, than you're burning off. Uh, and that's only for the people who may not have known that if you knew it, look, I wasn't trying to talk down to you. I was just trying to let you know where I'm at and I'm still learning about it too, right? Big fat fuck, but the weight's going off. And I think just with my, my consciousness of stuff now and, and guys getting older, holy fuck, my neck, my joints, my different muscles all over me just hurt. I, I don't want to put that weight back on because I don't want to feel the pain of carrying it around all the time. I really don't. Um, you guys are the best. What do I got coming up this week? Uh, more reality TV shows with the lady. I'm going to be doing true earth again. Like I said, um, anything you guys want to talk about or come at me for this week of the podcast, contact at one man Um, I do love you all very much. And I'm sorry if I yelled at you for being friends, fans, or teachers, just know those are the two, two worst things, two of the worst things that you could be on this planet. Um, you know what I mean? Like I put them right up there with, with racist and sexist. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I would almost rather hear a racist for 22 minutes than watch an episode of friends. Uh, because one of those things is more likely to make me laugh. Oh, Josh, you like racism? No, but they get some really, they get really, they get really cute with some of this terminology sometimes. Oh, I wish I could tell you guys about that, but I gotta get canceled so fast and not because I'm pro just sometimes it's almost like porn movie titles with just like, like sometimes a porn movie title is funnier than anything that's happened in that movie dialogue wise, you know, how is the pun at the title of the funny, the best part of that porno, including the sex and nudity. 
right? So it's just like that. It's like, I don't, I don't agree with racism. It's not cool. But every now and again, somebody, somebody takes their ignorance and does something a little clever and creative with it. All right. And that's more than I can say about a single episode of friends. Never has an episode of friends made me laugh the way a porn movie title has. Have a great week, guys. I hope that, uh, that you're having a good time. It's, uh, getting a little ways in November. We're approaching the holiday season. Um, uh, something I don't really talk about much. It's not like, cause it's super special to me or anything like that. It's just, I just, I don't think of it and I apologize that it's ignorant. It is, uh, it is disrespectful. I will, I will hold my own feet to the fire when it's necessary. Um, remember, remembrance day. It is remembrance day. I usually call it Novemberance Day. Um, Remembrance Day. It's our, I guess, our Veterans Day or whatever in Canada. It's where we recognize all the people who gave uh, up their lives to protect this country. Um, you know, and without getting political, you know, hey, some of them gave up their lives because they needed a paycheck and they thought they'd never get sent to war. You know, and some of them really believed in the cause and were fighting to protect the rest of us, protect, protect freedom. Um. And so, uh, yeah, at noon on the 11th, uh, we, we have a, a moment of silence for all those who gave their lives. Many of the, the big wars, the, 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 the people who are, you know, survivors and, and veterans, a lot of them are, are not around anymore. Um, you know, just that's how age goes. It's like, you know, it's like walking up uh, and having a memorial for the Titanic, you know, and not a lot of the survivors of the Titanic are still around either. Um, so, uh, just, uh a bit of respect and love to anyone who, uh, has served regardless of, of when and where, um, uh, a, a lot of love to anyone who's got family members who served, who never came home, uh, love to anyone else. So just, um, I was just, uh, the reason I thought of this was I was going to, I was going to throw it to like, Hey, I hope you're, you're off and running in the holiday season, but often between Halloween and Christmas is the forgotten, um, you know, respectful moment of, of, remembrance to those that gave their lives, uh, for, for freedom, for, for hope, for, for a better tomorrow to protect good. Um, so, um, love to them moment of silence noon on November 11th here in Canada. Um, and yeah, uh, aside from that guys, um, keep smiling. I'll, I, I, I would love uh, Yeah. Smile. Throw back to that stupid movie. Uh, careful. Someone might stab you in the head thinking you're a demon, but, um, I hope you guys are having a great, uh, a great holiday season. Uh, Ottawa also set some record numbers, um, in terms of like warmest days, um, in, in like 80 years in Ottawa. So it did like it was, we were in the double digits still, um, for quite some time. And then like just yesterday it dropped to like two degrees in the morning. Uh, f- very, very cold, not freezing two degrees Celsius, uh, Americans Google it. It freezes at zero degrees. So, um, a couple degrees above freezing. So whatever your freezing is knowing it was just a little bit above that, but, uh, you guys have a great week. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yeah. Yeah. Get your ass up and hurry up. Uh, I can do it, put your ass into it. Uh-huh. You can do it, put your back into it. Yeah. I can do it, put your ass into it. Put your back into it. Put your ass into it. Tick, tick, boom, hit me banging down these back streets. Loving black street, treated like an athlete. Life ain't a track meet. No. It's a marathon, fuck the cemetery that a nigga gets buried on. We be coming to the day we die. Yeah, nigga, yeah. ask the bartender if you think we lie. But if you think we hot, nigga, think again.